This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rappin. Joining me this week, a fiery foe funded by Flounders, Kate Lamphere. Hello. This is a very special mini-sode of I Read Comic Books because it's Memorial Day weekend. We decided to take the week off, so Kate and I sat down sometime in the past to record an episode. And this week, we're just going to dive right into things. We're not doing a tomp. We're not doing anything about comic books specifically that we're reading and looking forward to. Instead, we're going to be talking about comic books that have been sent over to the I Read Comic Books podcast, courtesy of a series of wonderful publishers. Every once in a while, we get emails from different people all across the globe who are like, hey, we want you to read our comic book. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. Um, but in order to, you know, do a nice thing or maybe just like give some stuff a try that we normally wouldn't. Kate and I sat down and we we dug through the backlog of books that we've gotten over the last six months and we decided to give some books a chance. Um, some of these books I probably wouldn't have picked up otherwise. Uh, some of these books I can't believe I didn't pick up. So Kate and I, I think we've, we've got a mixed bag over here. So we're just going to dive right into things and talk about comic books. Um, but I guess I do have legally mandated questions I need to ask you. So we can at least go through those. Uh, and that's how have you been? How have comic books been, Kate? I mean, bef- without digging into what you've actually been reading, I guess just the questions in general. How are you? Good. Yeah, I, I've got... Uh one of those library trips that I tend to make pretty often. I went, I went fairly recently and I got a good haul of things that I don't feel like I, I think to put on hold, but you know, you walk into the library, you grab your hold of mangas, or at least I do. And then I wander mm-hmm. around and find, you know, an autobiography, a graphic novel or, you know, a historical graphic novel or just something totally out of the blue. And so I've got a couple of things sitting around waiting for me to read that I'm, that I'm really looking forward to simply because they're not in my normal wheelhouse. Gotcha. That's awesome. I, I look forward to hearing your review on another episode of this show uh, in the future. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I'm also kind of in the same way. I ordered some stuff um, online because I've, I've got this massive bookshelf at the house that I've been trying to fill up. So I've been finding gaps and just trying to figure out what books I want to put there. And I had a couple of things come in from uh, Fanographics that I'm really excited to finally read, as well as like some physical copies of books that I've just wanted copies of and never had room for or couldn't justify, you know, putting on a bookshelf that was already overflowing. Um, so I'm really excited to just fill those out and be able to look over at my bookshelf and say like, I now have the completed collection of Fonte Bukowski, a book series that I would <laughs> never recommend anyone read, but I love to death. Like many of the, the books that I read from Fanographics, I love them and I can't recommend them to anybody. Um, <laughs> uh, but, spe- you know, let's let's dig into this thing. We, you know, we we went through all of our backlog of, of comp comics that we've been sitting on for a little bit. Um, and I was I was actually worried that you and I were going to pick all the same books because there are some stuff. There's some stuff that I'm like, I, I dug through a little bit and I was like, I could read this and I could probably give a really scathing review, um, but I'm not going to do that. You know, the show, we try to focus a little bit on the positivity side of things. Um, but it, look, it looks like between the two of us, we grabbed a, a totally different set of books. So that's really, really exciting. Um, so I guess you want to get us started with the first book that you you wanted to, that you read and you want to talk about? Yeah, I I picked a book that was um, very in my wheelhouse. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Saw right mm-hmm. on the cover something about um, LGBT uh, sports comic and was like, mm-hmm. well, I have to read this. And this is Love and War by Andrew Wheeler with art by Killian Ng and letters by Adita Bidikar. And I, I have to say that this reads like a manga. <laughs> I don't know how else Hell to describe yeah. it. Um, Hell there, yeah. there are some 
some very dramatic moments that are definitely implied to be like gasp um you know like this person is very beautiful or this person shouldn't be here um mm-hmm, but it is mm-hmm. a western style comic but it's still got that that same kind of dramatic energy to it and it was great to see i feel like this this comic fits in really well with like check please and cheer up love and pom-poms which are both mm-hmm. also lgbt sports comics <laughs> mm-hmm. and i i, I- I've seen this on the Comixology like original site. I I thought it looked interesting. I I don't know what it is. Like there this the the cover of this book reminds me a lot of Fence, yeah. which is also kind of like a a queer leaning you know comic book as well uh, about sports. It's about fencing. Um, so I guess yeah, I I I didn't know how to feel about this because I feel like I've been burned by books that have really cute covers in the past. Oh. So uh, was this was this a good one? I, I liked it a lot. We I only read issue one, um, but there are two issues up on Comixology. And I was trying to figure out how long this series was going to be. And I didn't really find it anywhere except that I, I went to try to rate this on Goodreads as I rate everything on Goodreads. And mm-hmm. I did see that there are entries for five issues. So it's potentially longer, but it's at least going to be five issues eventually. Yeah, my, my guess is that with most Comixology originals, they're usually like five issue series with the ex- like rare exception out there. Um, but yeah, unless it's specifically stated elsewhere, it's specific, I should say specifically stated within the description of the book. Um, I have a feeling that it's going to be five issues because that's just that's just how Comixology originals roll. Um, and I, I did look did a quick Google search while you were chatting here. And um, I noticed that the, the first collection is just called Love and War and it comes out in September. So I think it's the whole series. Oh, perfect. Um, so if you're looking to wait, you could read it in September if you wanted to get the collection. Yeah, or maybe uh, we'll get lucky and we'll get all all of the issues comped to us. <laughs> or I could just or you could them. get a Comixology un- Unlimited subscription and go read it for free. That might happen too. Um, <laughs> I mean, that is the one advantage, right, of, of, of getting the comps sometimes. But um, yeah, no, th- this looks this looks really cute. I guess, did you have like a, a favorite part or something that like you you liked or something you disliked about the book? Um, I mean, just my, hmm, it's a good question. I mean, I like that this kind of subgenre, it seems to be kind of taking off. We, I mean, we already mentioned three other books in this series that, that counted. And I remember back a couple of years ago, I was trying to come up with like these, these kind of subgenre books to, I don't know, write an article about them for our zine that was going on at the time or something, something like that. And I was like, oh, are there any sports comics? Hmm, I can't really think of very many. Well, now there's a mm-hmm. lot. <laughs> right. It's as if someone was like, there's a gap that we need to fill here. Yeah. So I Well that's that sounds cool. Oh, I, I do want to mention the sport. <laughs> I was <laughs> that was the next question I was going to get to. <laughs> um it's tug of war. <laughs> okay. Um Okay. So Okay, that's interesting um, because I don't think that I would never in my life have believed that there's a story of five issues about a tug of war team. I guess they they must be on a team, right? There's multiple characters that are on a team. Okay, um, interesting, interesting. And I'm okay. How is this a sport? Kate? Explain <laughs> this to me. 
<laughs> like there are discussions about like how how it's not an individual sport it's a team sport and the whole team has to be getting along in order for them to win the sport and uh okay i mean again this is okay. only issue one but i feel like this is going in a direction of there's going to be drama and then we have to fix it in order to win the game kind of thing i mean isn't that exactly what uh that Netflix show with the triangle and the circle and the whatever was called, you know, um, isn't that what that was? Like, there's going to be drama, but we've got to do this. To- Anyways, I'm Riverdale? I'm losing the thread on this joke. <laughs> yes, Riverdale. Um, <laughs> oh my god, Xander just cut all this. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I guess then. I guess the the last question I have here is like, would you recommend this to someone? Do you think it's worth? reading continuing on i mean it sounds like you're pretty interested in so it. far yeah i definitely um i definitely hope that i that i remember that this exists in september and or or follow <laughs> it along in in comiXology yeah yeah that sounds sounds exciting i uh i'd be curious to hear how the development of this story goes given that the subject matter is tug of war and i <laughs> definitely thought it was going to be from the covers thought it was going to be like aerials or something um because if you if you see the cover of this book there's a, a bunch of characters like dancing on like ropes in the sky but tug of war i guess that all that all works <laughs> interesting um well, for me, I guess one of the, the first book I want to talk about is Cold Iron Number no. One. Uh, this is another comicsology original written by Andy Diggle with art by Nick Brokenshire, colors by Trina Farrell, and letters by Simon Boland. Uh, ultimately, the sum up for this book is it's a bit of old English myths mixed with a few questions at the center. I, I think this book is fun if you're into like old, old superstitions and some solid pacing inside of a comic book. Uh, I mean, Andy Diggle, you probably know as a comic book writer if you've been reading comics for a while. I mean, I know him from when he was working on uh, he was working on Daredevil for a while. Andy Diggle, as I Google, I was trying to pull up other books. Andy Diggle's also the name of a character in the show uh, Arrow, yes. and I totally forgot about that. <laughs> uh, Andy Diggle also wrote Green Arrow Year One or Year Zero. I can't remember that he did with Jock a long time ago. It's a pretty celebrated um, origin story for the character, like a reimagining of his of the character's origin story. But you know, Andy Diggle, I think, has been in and out of comics for a while. Probably not out of comics at all. Just probably not on my radar. Um, and this book feels like uh, it was inspired by something like Once in Future, where there is a lot of myths. There's a lot of uh, different questions of of the quote unquote old country and the quote unquote old ways. Uh, what's real? What's not? What's a myth? What's fact? Um, all that kind of stuff. You know, the the book kind of fills itself up with these subtle nods to superstitions that you may have heard of, like don't leave the house at night without touching the horseshoe that's bolted to the ceiling or to the doorway. Um, things like that. Um, lots of different pieces and 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 parts of the puzzle that I don't want to spoil because I think not knowing some of that stuff and discovering it as you're reading it makes this book really really interesting. Um, overall, I think like this is a pretty solid like middle of the road comic book. I wouldn't say that it's it's something that uh, I would recommend to everybody right off of the first issue, but I have a feeling that as a collection, this will probably be a good book. I don't know how long it's going to go. Like I said, chances are it's Comicsology original, probably five issues. Um, but I did like the 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 art by Nick Brokenshire. I felt like it was a a I don't know very similar style to someone like um, 
I don't know, like a, a the guy that did Punisher for a really long time. I'm blanking on everybody's <laughs> names today. I'm so sorry. Um, but it, it's got like a, a very realistic, um, uh, but raw and very almost scary style to it. Like when Broken Jire really wants to lean into the shadows and the darkness and the spookiness of the the book, uh, they do so with a with ease, and it feels um like the the pacing's really well done in terms of like page layout you feel the cinematic moments when you need to you get the dialogue and everything you know i think simon boland did a great job of of making sure that things aren't like overwhelming as you read them there's a lot to explain in this book but at no point does it feel like the pages are crowded with bubbles um uh the the main character of this story is a is a musician um which i find to be interesting because i think music's going to be a core part of this and if you've listened to i read comic books for a long enough time you probably know that i'm not a huge fan of music in comics just because i can't ever make it click in my head um but i think diggle's use of it in the story is really interesting in that the flow is very is very easy to follow um he doesn't do that thing that i think some writers and it's probably more the letterer than the writer here um some creators do i guess where the the beats of the song don't necessarily line up with the bubbles and i think that this book did that pretty well um but yeah overall i i would say I would recommend this to someone if you're looking for something that's like an old um, superstition myths and folklore type of story, but less action packed than something like a once in future um, or a, or I don't know, there's other creepy crawly books out there that I'm probably not thinking about, but like a department of truth or something like that, or something's killing the children. Um, those are definitely more horror books. This feels more like a supernatural thriller. That's not trying to scare your pants off, but instead it's trying to like, educate you in like old myths and folklore um and i think if i say folklore one more time this show has to (laughs) become a horror podcast so i'm just gonna shut up this actually was something that caught my eye too i almost read this before i realized that that you were reading it and that i should talk about something different so (laughs) okay okay do you i mean you and i have have a similar taste in a lot of in comics especially like this with um fantasy sci-fi themes folklore themes um mm-hmm. so do you think that this is something that i would like or is it like kind of too abstract or some or dark i i have a feeling that um yeah i think you would probably like this book actually quite a bit um given kind of the the types of stories that you like i mean it definitely feels more supernatural like fantasy i wouldn't even say fantasy because like fantasy is the wrong word for it because i feel like you think about elves and dwarves and lord of the rings and stuff and it's more just like realistic supernatural stuff um that again isn't trying to scare you it's trying to creep you out a little bit by adding little bits of bits and pieces of like these old myths and legends um Again, from a first issue, I think I'm trying to pull a lot out of a little. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, but at the same time, I feel like there is enough here in this book that um, I would be curious enough to try the second issue. Uh, but I don't think that this is for everyone. Like if you're not into any kind of creepy or supernatural-ish stuff, it probably isn't for you. But um, if you want to hear a little bit more about like English folklore and English like myths and legends, I think this book works. It'll be, probably, probably be pretty fun. Yeah, I think I might check out the number one the this issue see this is enough i mean i hate to be a shill for for a big corporation like amazon but <laughs> this is enough to, to be like hey i think you need to get a um, <laughs> a comicsology unlimited subscription just to read these books right i do <laughs> i mean this this first issue came out on may 10th so like you might have to wait a little bit to get the second issue but like right. you know start that second month you can read both love and war number two and cold iron number two i mean yeah <laughs> 
it's uh pretty tempting just saying um if you want more you know shilling for comiXology <laughs> please tune in to every other episode of i read comic books but um <laughs> kate did you read a what's what's another book that you read that you want to talk about I read a book called The OZ. Um, this is by mm. David Pepos, who I think we've had him on the show before, or at least we've talked oh, yeah. about his books. Um, yeah, we had him on, I think, when they were doing the Kickstarter for the uh, the OZ, a.k.a. The Oz, number two. Oh, really? Jeez. I remember yeah. talking yeah. about another book, uh, Going to the Chapel, and I backed that one. We also had him on for Going to the Chapel. <laughs> Right. I guess I need to listen to our own co- our own podcast a little more. Co- oh, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, he wrote David Pepos wrote this book, and then Ruben Rojas was the artist, and DC Hopkins did the lettering. And yes, this is the OZ, also known as Oz, um, or as in the Occupied Zone. Um, and the the synopsis is that Dorothy's Dorothy of the Wizard of Oz, her granddaughter is back home from the war and she uh, is struggling with PTSD. And in the meantime, original Dorothy, Grandma Dorothy, has dementia. And that's just a little bit too much for younger Dorothy. And she drives away from the ranch, gets caught up in a tornado. And yes, you're correct. She ends up in Oz. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and there's a war going on. So she's back in, uh, in, in the war that she was, you know, trying to, to escape from in her mind. And the, the scarecrow and the tin man that we're familiar with from the original uh, wizard of Oz story, they both have really, big parts to play in this war and there's um there's a couple of characters that are kind of like obviously missing so far and then there there's one kind of surprise character that that you're you'd be familiar with but it's kind of like the end of issue one and it's like the the cliffhanger or like the surprise and i don't want to ruin it but it was very good um and this was on kickstarter as you've mentioned and uh it, the Kickstarter for issue two is recently successfully backed, and right on the cover it says uh, issue two of three. So there's there's going to be three issues. <laughs> um, that one was easy to find. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like to think that you know it was because of our show that issue two was fully funded, and I think they met a bunch of stretch goals. Like, thank you to all the Ivory yep. Comic Books listeners out there for helping David make his dreams possible. And now he's writing Savage Avengers. If you haven't read that you know, go support a fellow friend of the podcast. Um, but yeah, I, I really love this series too. Like when we had David on, I think I, I definitely was fanboying way too much. Um, <laughs> talking about how much I love this book. Um, if, if anything, like I'm not really someone who's big on like huge war action comics. Like they're not my, my favorite thing. I read a ton of them. Um, but it's not something that I'm like, yeah, this is going to be about killing people and fighting and stuff. And I think that like the Oz does that, but also manages to touch on a bunch of other topics without making just being about, we're going to go kill the bad guys, you know? And I, I think that there are probably far less comics that are about just that. Um, or at least the ones that I read, I don't, I don't read like GI Joe and stuff and transformers and stuff, but, um, and I don't mean to like transgress against those books because I'm sure that there's more to them than that. But um, yeah, I, I don't read books that are like super action packed. And I feel like this book kind of advertises as that, but there's a lot more to it. Um, and I think David has done a great job of taking these characters and um, owning them in his own way in a in like a unique twist uh, to modernize the story. But also, if you're, uh, you know, Wizard of Oz head or something like that, who's obsessed with that series, I think you'll also have a really good time. Um, but this is a bit more action packed than the original movie. I'll, I'll say that. And the books, I guess. 
Yeah, I wanted to say that if if you are interested in reading this, a significant amount of issue one is available right on David Pepos's website, um, which mm-hmm. is just davidpepos.com. And then there's also, um, you can buy a physical copy um, of issue one on the website as well. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, if it's if it's something that you think that you might be interested in, I definitely suggest at least going over to his site and reading some of it there because there's, it's like a significantly, lo- it's longer than I usually see a pre in a preview, I guess. Yeah. He basically is giving most of the yeah. first issue away. Yeah. Um, which like I you know, I get that. I think if you keep an eye out for the third issue, I'm guessing that you can probably get all three in like a digital pack or something. Um, or chances are he'll do number three as like a collected edition. Um, so you could get like all three in one trade or whatever, however you collect right. your books. I, I did see um his going to the chapel series as on comicsology now. So maybe once it's mm-hmm. all out, it'll be up there as well. Yeah. And that book's pretty fun too. Yeah, I, I backed that one. I That was a good time. <coughs> Excuse me. What else did you read? Uh, well, I sat down and read a book that I did not think I was going to like, right? So I picked up this book thinking, I, you know, I've read a bunch of comic books by Tim Seeley. I've read a bunch of books from Humanoids, which is the publisher. Um, and, you know, Tim Seeley's books aren't bad. Uh, I think that I've read probably enough. I feel like I've read enough and I've seen enough to be like, you know, hack slash is a cool thing. Um, I've never really read much. I like revival, but I never finished it, you know? Um, so I was like, you know, I've heard of Tom, Tim Seeley. He's done a lot of books. I've never heard of Ilias uh, Kriazis um, and crank is a letter I've heard of before, but um, yeah. So I grabbed this book called Chronophage um, right away. That sounds like the coolest fucking title for a comic book I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> um, this book came out back in February, so you may have seen it on your shelves or maybe not. I don't know, depending on what your your local comic shop or bookstore carries. Um, but since this is published from Humanoids, it's probably got a little bit of a strange distribution. Um, but yeah, this is a really, really strange, really interesting, very sci-fi European comic book. Um, and I... I don't know how to properly put my finger on the description of that, but I feel like it's one of those, if you see it, you understand it, right? If you look at something like The Fifth Element, that is a perfect example of like a French sci-fi book. Um, And there's a lot of comics that are kind of in that vein where there's just this sense of character who who is maybe maybe kind of odd, maybe out there oddball, but they live in this extremely fantastical world that is unexplained and yet you understand it just by looking at the imagery of it um this book kind of felt like that in a way that is revealed about halfway through the book um and i don't know i don't want to spoil it because i think like the twist of this book is crazy even though you kind of see it coming it's pretty wild um obviously with the name like chronophage time is involved um but the description that the that humanoids gives, I, I would say don't go read the description for this book because it's going to spoil it for you. I was really pissed at the first line of the summary on Amazon's site or humanoids website, I should say, um, was like a full blown spoiler. Um, but this description that they give after the full blown spoiler is a good tease, which is. When Chloe begins a passionate relationship with a traveling businessman, her life suddenly changes for the better and not just because she's getting laid. And that is a perfect sum up of this book because it's super mature everyone swears in a realistic way like it's a really adult adult comic but not in the way that i think when i say adult comic out loud (laughs) you think um 
people swear, people have sex, people enjoy sex, working is a part of life, money problems is a part of life, rich people exist, poor people exist, people that use drugs exist, but they are not condemned because of that. Um, like, I, I think Tim Seeley t- takes this idea it really takes the idea of like a real life person who's thrown into an extremely insane situation um, to heart and makes this book something that I became, I was super put off by in the first 20 pages. And by the last 20, I was, I was smashing my keyboard trying to turn the pages of this PDF um, because it's so good. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed this book. And I, it's like, if you like, dark weird sci-fi i'd recommend this book to you but the strange thing about this book is it doesn't become dark weird sci-fi until the last 30 pages oh boy. <laughs> um so like i i i don't know how else to describe it other than that because really the twist in this book is really fun and it reminds me of some of the more crazier wild concepts that i think you've seen from like an independent writer jonathan hickman um there's and probably like a uh Aronofsky or not Aronofsky uh what's his name the guy who did a lot of work with Moibis um like there's like the guy that did the in call if you've ever seen that there's just a lot of really crazy sci-fi stuff in this book that I really like that only comes out at the end but before you get to that point you meet a lot of really rich realistic vibrant characters um and yeah I think Tim Seeley did a really good job with this book I just was like it's dark but it's real and I, I, I fucking loved it. Like, I was so surprised at the end. And I was like, damn, that was really fun. Um, so, yeah, I, I would definitely recommend this. And uh, I, I think, like, the art might be off-putting for some people. Because I think um, Cryazis's art is very harsh in some pages. But I think their layouts are beautiful. Especially in the last third of this book. Um, they do some really interesting stuff to try to convey something that's really hard to describe with 2D paper. Um, in a really smart way um, in order to just add an effect as to what's actually happening in the book. Um, but yeah, I, I really like this book overall. I, I definitely recommend it. If you're looking for something out there, this is this book is solid. The name of the book makes me think that it, that it would be maybe like a superhero book or something. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. But it's not that cute. It's definitely not that <laughs> It sounds like it's almost like slice of life until, until it suddenly isn't. <laughs> That's a yeah, kind of like a slice of life, but in a more aggressive oh, way. Oh boy! <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's cool. Um, I guess we have we have a little bit more time. Maybe we could talk about one more book if you've got another book ready to chat about. Yeah. Um, and actually, I probably don't, don't even need that much time to talk about this because it was pretty straightforward. Um, this was mm-hmm. uh, Phantom of the Opera, uh, original original musical written by Andrew Lloyd Webber. The adaptation was written by Kevin Scott. And the art is by Jose Maria Baroy. Um, and this is, yeah, this is just the adaptation of the musical. I tend to read a lot of adaptations. Most of them are like Shakespeare plays or mm-hmm. um, just older, older classic stories. There's an entire series of, of manga classics that I have been slowly getting through for books I've never nice. actually read before, like Emma. Um, Pride and Prejudice. Right. Well, who's who's gonna read those books? They're way too thick. Yeah. I know, I know what you're talking about. These are books that like you see at the library and you go, never. Yeah, yeah. And then you see the manga <laughs> versions at the library and you're like, oh, maybe. <laughs> you're like, everyone's so pretty in this manga. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I've read that book. Just you know, 
it was illustrated. <laughs> I read the anime. I read the manga adaptation, but I definitely read Emma. I know what it's yeah. about. Um, okay, so Phantom of the Opera. It's um, it's very straightforward. I mean, this is like the classic staging of the play, but like in in two D art, it's like the the prologue is mostly black and white when when they're at this auction at the very beginning. Um, the red masquerade outfit for the Phantom is exactly like it is on the stage if you've ever seen it. Um, and when they try to do this, was really interesting. On stage for Phantom of the Opera, they try to show you that Christine and the Phantom are going below the theater and they're like going really deep down into the earth. There's all these really twisty, old, damp stairways. And I've seen it staged really well. But in this comic book, they do this really neat thing that kind of reminded me of the movie The Labyrinth, where there are like up, upside down staircases and sideways staircases, and they're just like using these staircases like they're normal, except that they're upside down. Um, you know, <laughs> like like an MC Escher painting yes. or something like that, right? Yeah. So that was that was probably the really the only surprise um, or something that I wouldn't have expected out of out of this adaptation. Otherwise, it was exactly what I would expect. Um, Gotcha. And this was, I mean, I enjoyed it. I gave it a four out of five on, on Goodreads. You know, that's not a bad thing. It was a really good way to revisit the story. And they did actually have, I, I don't know if it was all of the music or at least, um, you know, enough of the music that I was following, you know, the songs in my head, basically, just from knowing them. So oh, that's cool. You were talking about... I mean, Shout out to Kevin Scott, who friend of the show as well. He came yeah. out to talk about service <laughs> a little while back. I was like, Kate, you could just read all the books That's that true. folks have given us to come on the show if you want. Um, <laughs> be on more guest episodes. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I. Um, um, you were talking about music and comics just earlier in this mm-hmm. episode, and I feel like this one because I knew the music to this to this uh, musical. I thought that this was done well because it was like they would be little musical notes before the line, before the lyrics. So I was like, okay, this is part of a song. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually like, I, I've, I'm familiar enough with this musical to know the dialogue that's in between the songs, but in, Oh wow. In Kate, like <laughs> not, not unprompted, but you know, once I was reading it, I was like, Oh, I know what comes next kind of thing. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But I, I, I don't know that I ever really noticed before that the dialogue, but not necessarily the, the lyrics, rhymes. Um, then that's hmm. original. You know, that's like that was Andrew Lloyd Webber. And just reading it this way, actually reading the lyrics was um, mm-hmm. more the everything, the whole play um, that really highlighted that fact. So that was kind of cool. Um, but there's still more to learn from that book or from that play, I guess. So. I guess. People, <laughs> people love it for a reason, I guess. Yeah. Um, it, this was, this has actually been out for a little while. I think it was actually released originally like a few years ago independently. And then it was re-released mm-hmm. by Titan in January from, oh. from what I'm seeing online. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I guess, would you recommend this to anybody? I mean, like, I, I realize you like Phantom of the yeah. Opera, but like me, an uncultured swine, could I enjoy this? I think that Phantom of the Opera is kind of a an old story. Like, reading it now mm-hmm. in today's culture where we understand, like, what grooming looks like, it's <laughs> it's yeah. a little unsettling. 
I see. Um, I see. Analyzing it from from this place and you know in culture and time and in right. analysis. Twenty twenty two version. Yeah. So it is a it is an unsettling plot line. <laughs> Okay, okay. But if you like musicals and if you like adaptations and if you like music and comics, then yes, these are all reasons to to read this book. Gotcha. Just with a big old huge asterisk that yeah. like if you, don't, you may be uncomfy reading this book. If you don't know Phantom, <laughs> <laughs> the original story gotcha. is uh, maybe a little iffy. It's a little okay. uncomfortable. Okay. Cool. Uh, cross that off my to read list. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, <laughs> I I did read one more book I want to talk about. Um, I and I don't again don't mean to like call out books for being weird, but like I read this book called The Wrong Earth, Fame and Fortune Number One. It seems to be a one shot in like a bigger universe story. Uh, this is written by Mark Russell, art by Michael Monatat or M- Montanat. Sorry, sorry about that. Um, colors by Andy Troy, letters by Rob Steen. Um, published by Ahoy Comics and released on April thirteenth, twenty twenty two. Um. My first note upon reading this, and I erased it because I was realized that this book was trying to say something else, is that this book is straight up anti-immigrant. And I was really confused as to why a book like this was being published. And I was like, shit, did I fall into some comic skate shit? Did I fall into like some like anti-amer or anti-like immigrant racist garbage? Um, no. It turns out that one, because I, I did some deep Googling on Mark Russell, um, who straight up left working for a publisher, um, Dynamite, because they were, you know, doing distribution with some Comicsgate folks um, for their covers. Mark Russell, not that kind of person. So this story is about a superhero told in two simultaneous side by side, literal side by side stories in the pages and panels, um, which is a very unique and interesting way to tell a book. And I say that with all of the implied sarcasm, because there were a handful of times where I was like, what is going on? And then I had to reread a page a couple times because the story is literally side by side panels bleeding into panels intentionally as the superhero character is having a similar conversation in two different earths um so we've got a superhero who's like a capes kind of character who flies around with flamboyant colors taking down ridiculous villains like a kite man or something like that (laughs) and then there is a different version of him who's like a dark underground ruthless villain or ruthless hero like vigilante character kind of like a punisher right and so they're both trying to build this basically launder money well not launder money it's 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 complicated right because the good guy superhero quote-unquote who's in the bright colors and stuff is trying to get this city to grow and become more popular by building a new stadium in town and he knows that if that happens you know people's morale is going to turn around and everything's going to be hunky-dory meanwhile the the villain not villain the vigilante character is like yeah we're gonna launder a bunch of money through this thing and we can make all sorts of profits if we just take advantage of people when they go to the stadium so kind of scummy to begin with. Um, and as the book goes on, I was like, well, there's clearly a good guy and a bad guy here. But um, the ultimate story was about how rich people, no matter if you're a vigilante or a clear as day superhero, are all pieces of shit <laughs> because everything falls apart in a really stupid and yet understandable way in in basically saying that, like, if you're a rich person who's just trying to get more rich by taking advantage of people who are less rich than you um if anybody gets hurt at the end of the day 
you don't care because you made your your buck. Um, that's kind of what this book says. And I, I have to applaud the creative team for really pulling a fast one on a dummy person like me who didn't see it from the get-go. I got weird vibes from this book. I'm not joking because I was like, there's clearly supposed to be a hero and a villain here. And it's like, nope, they're just both bad because they're rich. One person's just more honest about being a bad guy. Um, and I, I thought that was great. Like, really, really impressed by that. I don't think I would read any more of this series because or this universe or whatever because it's very it's very on the nose and kind of weirdly put together but um i was pretty impressed with this issue just kind of surprising me as to what it was doing um plus i felt like it was a really experimental issue right like telling a full-blown comic book for 28 30 pages telling two stories literally side by side on each page um with and having like the panels bleed together, like I described, is pretty bold. I don't think you could get away with that at any other publisher, um, like any major big two publisher, even big 10 publisher. And this is a Hoy. I don't know where they sit on that, like, quote unquote, ranking. But uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. And I'm not upset having read it. Um, so that's that's kind of my like two cents. And I again, I don't know if I would recommend this, but if you want something experimental and you've got a few bucks to try something that's just going to be a one shot, I, I think this is maybe worth a couple bucks. Yeah, like the way that it's presented sounds really interesting. I do, I do like comics that try things like that, even if it doesn't always work. You know? Yeah, and I mean, I don't, I don't want to disparage the comic and say it doesn't work because I think it's extremely effective the way that the story's told, the way the lines line up. Where on the left side you've got the Goody Two Shoes character who's saying something like, "Don't worry, it's going to help the people of this city by doing this thing," and the guy on the right's like, "Yeah, don't worry about it. We're going to make our money, and all the people aren't going to be any the wiser." Like, it's really smart to see how that all plays out. And then when they have moments where the character says the same line in the same scene with different contexts, I think was again, it's it's smart. It's really. It's really interesting to see a comic book that's about superheroes try to do something like this um, and do it pretty effectively. So, um, I mean, again, it's it's worth a read just to kind of see how it's done. Like, I'm pretty impressed by how effective that that gimmick is in the book. Do you think that there's like if if somebody wanted to read this, who do you? I don't know. Who do you think would like this book? <laughs> I probably. I, if you're if you're like I want to try something from an indie publisher, but I don't care for superhero comics, don't pick up this book. <laughs> um, if you like superhero books and you want to try something that's not the big two, but not nearly as effective in terms of like the characters themselves, um, I feel like you might like this book. You probably won't like this book. Like the superhero okay. part of this book. It, I know it's really hard for me to describe this. Like the superhero part of this book is not what makes the book interesting. It's the storytelling, right? Yeah. I think Mark Russell used this books in this universe. This the wrong earth is like a universe at the Ahoy comics. It seems um, based on the, some of the information I saw in the back of the book. Um, Mark Russell used this universe as an excuse to tell a story like this. Um, the, the super heroics barely play into the story. Um, but regardless, it's an interesting like set up in order to tell a story like this right because why would you tell a regular st a story about an average person in two worlds right that doesn't make sense 
you know, it, but in a superhero book, it totally makes sense, right? Because it, we deal with multiple universes all the time. Like that multiverse idea is becoming extremely prevalent no matter where you go all the time, 24-7. Like, mm-hmm. goddamn you, DC Comics, for doing this back in the 80s. Or goddamn you, you know, Jack Kirby for saying this is Earth 616. You know, like whoever started this um, in comics, like how dare you? You've ruined comics in a way. But um I don't know why I say that they they haven't, but it, it's still kind of annoying how often this comes up now because it's like an excuse to basically say nothing's in continuity, everything and nothing matters at the same time. But um, to play with that idea in this format, I found interesting. Um, I'm going to get down off my soapbox lest this episode go for another hour. <laughs> so as far as who I'd recommend this to, I guess to actually answer your question, if you are if you want to see someone try something interesting with storytelling and you have a couple bucks, this is worth it. Because I think from a comic book storytelling standpoint, this is smart. But like the content isn't as invigorating. It's about as invigorating as an episode of the Twilight Zone, right? Where you're kind of like, and they were all lizards, you know, like <laughs> it's kind of the reveal of this book. Um, but I appreciate the commentary and the big middle finger that the book gives at the end. Um yeah, I realize I, I may be spoiled it, but I think it's worth checking out regardless. Like you, I think you'd be impressed just reading through it if you're into that kind of stuff. Got it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyways, thanks for uh, putting up with me today, Kay. I really appreciate it, and I hope that everyone out there has had a good Memorial Day weekend. I realize this episode is coming out in June, but uh, you know, I hope you had a good weekend. And uh, if you live in the U.S., uh, if you don't live in the, if you don't live in the U.S., I hope you also had a good weekend. Um, but anyways, Kate, we have to we have to wrap up the show. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm trying to so badly. Um, <laughs> the next episode that, that you're going to hear after this week, uh, me and Kate and Brian are going to discuss all things Scarlet Witch unless the schedules change. But I'm pretty sure that's what we're going to be doing. I'm very excited um, because in traditional I read comic books fashion, we are multiple weeks late uh, to the hype train. And, you know, none of us have seen Multiverse of Madness as of t- today's recording. So we'll see how it goes. Um, and it, you can always follow us on Twitter you can follow kate at kate elf here you can follow me at mike rapid and you can follow the show at ircb podcast on twitter instagram and the good old tiktok this episode first aired on patreon and is possible because of our wonderful patrons join today for exclusive series like the ircb movie club saga of saga and more you can join now at patreon.com slash ircb podcast if you haven't already, please rate and review our show. We think five stars would be the perfect amount. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts and they take ratings. Because, you know, honestly, we we deserve it at this point. Join the IRCB Discord community to chat comics and more. Plus, you can listen to our episodes live as we record every week, except for this episode. <laughs> Check the link in our <laughs> Discord uh, in the show notes. Podcasts grow when best... Let me try that again podcasts grow best when spread by word of mouth so why not tell your friends family your local comic book shop your foes your cousins uh your next door neighbor knock on the door and say hello we've never spoken once but i want to tell you about a podcast um tell them that tell them about i read comic books we'd really appreciate it infinity shred is the best band in the universe they do all of our music xander is a very cool guy who puts up with us when we do episodes like this because he's the editor of our show and we love him to death i want to say thank you kate for for doing this episode with me uh thank you to everyone out there who listens to the show we love you and until next time comics are good and so are you 